All right, welcome to another SoCal Sound session. I'm Byron Gonzalez, the host. You can also catch me on the air on Bilingual Sounds, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. And today I am super excited because we've tried to welcome this band in the studio once before and the last time, believe it or not, there was a wildfire going on, so the session had to be canceled. But there's no time like today to welcome Triangle Fire into our studios because they just recently released their new album, The Cost of Things, which I have been playing extensively on my show. And I'd like to welcome Ian and Roberto here in studio. What's up, guys? Hey, Dan. What's <laughs> up? So you? charismatic already. I feel, I feel, I'm just uh, happy to be here. Even. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Like, second time's a charm, right? Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, it was yep. crazy the first time around. Last time was fire. This time was rain. So <laughs> we're covering all our bases, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for seriously kicking ass in that studio. The session sounded great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the art. Let's start with the art because it's interesting. What 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 do you feel when you see this? You know, your your art, your oh. album come to fruition after Hard a pandemic, question. after some fires. After some fires, you know, this was a big, this project was another one of those big labor of love type of deals. So when I see that, I see that it's just from the ground up, uh, you know, we kind of built this thing. We do all the recording. We do all this, the biz. This was the one thing that we actually didn't do. My friend Walker Dubois actually designed this uh, cool. for us. And uh, he's just a super mega talent. What sort of direction did you give your friend here? Did you have a vision yourself or you just kind of let your friend take it away? So we actually, we originally hired him to make a flyer for the, uh, for the Paramount show, the release show for the album. And he came back with something very, very similar to this. And it just looked amazing. And we, yeah, normally his art style is a bit different. So when we saw this, we were all kind of like floored and super stoked <laughs> on it. So we, um, yeah, we decided to ask him to do something similar for the album cover, and that's what we got, and really that's enjoyed it. Very yeah. cool. Uh, you know, I've been following you guys since uh, Everything Works. Uh, that, again, another superb album. Um, and now, you know, we had an Instagram interview uh, during the pandemic, and you previewed one of your songs, if you remember. And I, it, since that point, I've been excited but it, it took so long for you to release a single. And the first single we got was The Cost of Things, which will ultimately be the, 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 the name of the album. But I, I kind of want to know what song officially started this idea behind a new album? Hmm. So I think um, we definitely had some songs like um, like California Clouds and... I'm forgetting some of the other ones. California Clouds, traditional oolong. And we were kind of just wondering which direction we wanted to go with it. Um, as those we had been playing since, I think, even before we released the first album. But um, when songs oh, like Free Parking and um, The Cost of Things actually came into play, um, especially for songs like Free Parking, the whole thing was a lot more collaborative. And we kind of tried to lean into that angle a bit more well, going over the songs we already had and deciding which songs to include in the album. And I think that that new, more collaborative way of doing things definitely 
influenced the whole direction of the album. Yeah. Interesting. Now, for as talking on collaboration, do you guys also collab on songwriting? Because I, I, in my head, you know, the vocalist always seems to be the lyricist. Mm -hmm. Is this true for this band, or do you guys work together on that, um, chiseling away at the lyrics? Um, I think I think for this set, um, it's definitely been another bout of. Um, like the songwriters kind of handling their own numbers. But the biggest change in this one was the fact that Ian actually has two songs on these that he wrote. Oh, nice. And they're just, they're some of the coolest songs on the album for sure. Um, Which ones were they? Oh, um, Live in the Sunset and uh, Run. I believe it's like the third and seventh song or something like that. But um, yeah. Nice, nice. How, how did it feel to write a song? And, and to put it into an album. Yeah, it was it was really nice to get something that I felt organically fit into the fold of the rest of what we had. Because um, I had brought other songs but uh, previously, but none of them really felt right. But these kind of sat into it, and especially um, Live in Sunset, I just brought in the piano, the chords, that part, and um, the vocal, and then all of us actually create our own parts for that like the bass and the drums and gave it kind of a whole new life to it so nice yeah. so it's really it's triangle fire it's triangle fire there it's a very triangle fire. it's song. a very triangle fire. um i want to i want to know a little bit more about the cost of thing lyrics um because that one just hit me so hard i mean it's it's so timely things are inflation's going up bills just seem to be piling on to people's lives where were you and how how did this the lyrics come to you. Do you are you a person that goes outside and just kind of ponders the world, or you just ponder from the inside and write? How did this one? It come usually to be? feels a little more like uh, like the world is is piling on me. <laughs> At times, you know, there's like what the a, cost of things, right? That's I think that's what it really was about. Like uh, it was being piled on. I was like going through. There's like a breakup that I'd had, and through throughout that, it was like it was a lot of this dynamic of of like me and this person, like we couldn't, there's so many things we couldn't do because we couldn't afford it, or, you uh -huh. know, or like or we were concerned about even just a, having a regular day out because we had no time and to take the time off would cost us and uh -huh. every little bit. So it, all, all of that type of stuff. And, you know, so it was just kind of, I was like most of these types of reflections, like that one and the cost of things that happened, it's probably like late at night, um, just fiddling on the guitar. And I think it, just, uh, just spit out the song. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. I mean, I, that I, this one really, really hits me, and I, I think a lot of my audience as well. It's it's such a great song. It's such a ballad too, in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, where, where do you hope this album will take you from here on? Now that it's been released, what are your hopes? Um, you know. Let's bring something into into the universe, so maybe it'll come to fruition. This is the this is the time. Put it out into the universe. What what do you hope for this this album and and for the band in in the coming years? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a lot. Yeah, I think uh, definitely it would just be you know nice to get in front of more people. Maybe um, you know go on a tour or um, you know open for bands we love. There are already a lot of great bands that we've been able to play with, but. You know, just kind of keep extending what we're already kind of in the direction for. Um, yeah, I mean, this—it seems like what we've been doing for a long time as a band, especially since the time of Everything Works, is uh, you know we've been making these songs, we've been 
uh, you know, learning to produce ourselves with Ian, especially leading the um, engineering and Emilio helping out as well in that department. Um, so this album is, is a big, um, kind of like a re, re uh, state, you know, uh, a statement of that to, uh, so that people that haven't heard of us before, you know, uh, they get the most well-produced, straightforward version. And so, you know, that's what they can connect to, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one big business card. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my album. There you go. But um, but you know, people have been very, very generous with their with their words and with their um, expressions about this album, and I'm starting to believe some of it. <laughs> That's know, great. So. I mean, you should believe it. It's a great album. I mean, I I love playing it on my show, and especially the cost of things. I don't care if it's a if it's a slow song. It, it's a slow song with with purpose and meaning, and and your songs as well. There's a lot of purpose and behind them, and it's such a such a GLA album. It's a greater Los Angeles area type of thing where everything costs a lot. Uh, you hope for everybody to have free parking. It's very optimistic, but also pessimistic at the same time within the within the universe of the album. Um, I want I want the audience to know a little bit more about you guys. Maybe I want to know what was an album that you know shaped your life as a musician. Maybe when you were younger that you heard that album and you could not stop listening to it there was a time where i think where me and him were actually both on like a similar kick of, of stuff we were both listening to like dr dog and uh the national uh, grizzly bear mm. um i think they had an album called what was it painted ruins oh yeah painted ruins yeah. that was freaking gold that one um uh, and Shields. Shields, Shields by Grizzly Bear is so freaking good. Um, <laughs> that was a big one. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of those formative ones were like maybe like uh, 16, 17, 18, uh, 20s, what have you. And um, I think Spoon came up as well. Uh, was it They Want My Soul by Spoon? Is that when you wanted to become a musician, like before that, like in, even earlier? You oh, you meant further back. Maybe, I mean. So actually, I think when it comes to this group, I think some of the first kind of mutual things we were both really uh, excited about um, were like Franz Ferdinand, Vampire Weekend, that kind of thing. I think that was, those were some of the first albums and bands that we both like bonded over. Uh, as a, as when we were starting a oh. group, yeah, like things that may have even like led to us playing together more often and trying to start something. Interesting. Yeah. But how about how about yourself as a as a person, a single singular person? Where, what band like made you want to become a musician? So, um, I was raised on a lot of skate punk type music growing up. My <laughs> parents were really into that, and um, I remember there there was this one band. Um, bad astronaut and I think I remember that yeah yeah some of their stuff it was still kind of they were punk musicians playing it but it was formed more in alternative indie music kind of way and um, they used like synthesizers it was kind of a lot softer and kind of uh, you know different type of lyrics and just a mellower presentation and that's one of the first artists I remember really getting me stoked on playing music 
And that's Morgan. why you picked up the synths. Trying, definitely why I picked up the synthesizers. That's the first thing I could really trace it to, you know? Nice. How yeah. about you, Robert? What made, was guitar your first instrument? What made you pick up your first instrument? Well, uh, so my family, so there's four of us. My brother, my oldest, my older brother, Dave, was a, a guitar player. And he was playing the guitar, so I figured, I can't play the guitar. He's playing guitar. So I wanted to learn drums. That didn't work out. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll play bass then. I'll be, uh, I'll be original and play bass. That didn't work <laughs> out either. It was not very compelling. I think the big moment was I started, uh, I think we were, I was driving with my family, and they were playing America. They were playing a song called Sister Golden Hair, huh. which is one of my favorite songs ever. And that was the one I was like, I have to learn that song. And uh, so, you know, a lot of my dad's music definitely filters in, uh, into this. And so America was one. I was playing, uh, you know, Eagles and Jim Croce and Boston, like all that type of like, like 70s classic <laughs> rock type stuff. Did you end up learning the America song? I did. I, I played it at a talent show and I played all the chords wrong, like, like, <laughs> like you know, two, two note version of the thing. But it was, you know. It was cool because I just I just wanted to be able to play something so I can sing because I, I love singing and um, but yeah America it was also one of my first concerts I ever went to at the Cerritos Performing oh, the Arts first Center. Song. Nice, nice. Uh, what made you want to become a singer? Because I mean, and, and was that something that came natural to you? Because your voice out there is it, it's a booming voice and, and I think that's a, a unique signature to the band. Yeah, I I definitely. It, it felt like something I wanted to do from a, a very early age. I was there were reports <laughs> from my family. You know, apparently, I used to. I, well, one of my one of my favorite artists ever was Cheyenne, the the Puerto Rican singer. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had his CD wow. when I was like five or six. I don't know why. And I would like sing and dance Cheyenne stuff <laughs> at parties and stuff. Um, but that's I was like, this makes sense. This is what I would want to do. I feel like you know, like. Yeah, that's funny. Did you have to take any lessons, or were you just a natural? I, when it came time to like take lessons for guitar or for anything, I never had patience for it. But that's like if you were to, you know, like everyone's got a different background in this group. It's like, and I, I would consider myself largely illiterate <laughs> in comparison to the other guys, you know, with music. Um, yeah, because you know, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm, I consider myself a decent enough writer. Um, but, you know, I dropped out of college and didn't finish any degrees or anything. So it's like, yeah. and I didn't take, didn't want to take guitar lessons. Didn't want to take drum lessons or none, none of that. And who needs it? Yeah, who needs it? You're here. You have two albums in the, in the can now and then and out in the world for people to enjoy with great artistry. Well, that's, you know, you said it. I don't have to ask. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, thank you guys for dropping by finally. And, and, and you're about to go in there and rock. Rock, rock the stage, rock the room. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you're going to watch Triangle Fire right now live. They're going to perform three songs, so don't you tune away from this YouTube video. Check it out. Next to me, how I love to see you smiling, hardly burdened by the cost of things. Oh, how deeply will you? I could die. 
It's easy, it's healthy, it's pretty, it's ugly, but you want it, you crave it, you stay up all night dreaming about it, free parking for everyone, child, for a thousand SoCal Sound Sessions are produced by 88.5 The SoCal Sound. Session hosted by Byron Gonzalez. Audio recorded and mixed by Tristan Dolce. Edited by Matt Blake. The SoCal Sound is a public service of California State University Northridge and Saddleback College. Streaming on the web at thesocalsound.org.